Welcome to the Hidden Lessons Podcast with me, Marine Bain. Education is something we all have some experience of, but everyone's experience of education is different. Some people can't wait to finish school and never look back. Others, like me, decide to become teachers themselves. But either way, whether we realise it at the time or not, the days we spend in school have an impact on the rest of our lives. In this podcast, each week, I'll be talking to a special guest about their memories of school and the important lessons that have stayed with them. This week, I am thrilled to be speaking to Jade Pierce, who is an incredible content creator. Jade, thank you for speaking to me today. You're welcome. How are you doing? Yeah. I know. I actually have never spoken to you before. You're my first I... guest that I haven't spoken to before. So I'm really excited to get to know you. And you. I knew when, when my management said that we'd be speaking about all things school, I was like, oh, God, I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs> I really do. Do you know, it's one of those things where actually I found lots of adults are really keen to talk about their school experience. I wasn't sure how people would react and, you know, how much people would even remember or care. But it seems that school obviously had a massive impact on lots of people and they really want to talk about and share their memories. For sure. I also think that obviously we were kids back then, we couldn't make any changes ourselves. But I feel like as adults now that know better, we want to talk about these things to avoid children from dealing with certain things that we may have dealt with or just how to improve school life mm -hmm. even though I know that it's probably a lot different now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I think it is, it's good to speak about it because then certain changes can be made yeah completely and like I don't know I'm guessing it's the same for you but when you look back at school you look at things that probably weren't that significant to you at the time but then when you look back you realize all of these little things that you don't even realize had a massive impact on the rest of your life they do end up having an impact on the rest of your life so start from the beginning and tell me where did you grow up where did you even go to school so I grew up in a town called Bedford I went to so I'll, I'll mention my upper school just but I feel like that's what shaped me the most I went to an upper school called Mark Rutherford upper school and um I honestly couldn't wait to leave really I hate school. Okay, tell me a little bit about why. We'll start from the beginning, go into more detail. But obviously, from just looking at you and everything that you're doing right now and speaking to you, you'd probably imagine that you'd be like a super popular girl at school who loved it, had loads of friends, had the time of her life. And do you know what I mean? That's the kind of impression I think people would probably get. So hearing you yeah. say you don't really enjoy school is quite surprising. So tell me, um, was it a mixed school? Was it boys and girls? Yeah, it was boys and girls. All of the schools I went to were mixed. I think I always didn't really like school, even from lower school. Um, I think that came from just things that I was going through at home. And I was actually quite mean in lower school. Well, from what I can remember, I think someone was being mean to me. Well, they always, they say that, don't they? They say like bullies are usually people who were bullied themselves or like if you're being mean to someone that stems from some sort of unhappiness or insecurity of your own. Yeah. So then you get a little bit older, teenage years. I don't really know how it, how it happened or, or why it happened, but people were just horrible to me. Like I had friends. But I never had 
a friend within the friendship group. So for example, everyone would have, um, in the group, everyone would have their person Yeah, in that group that they were like best friends with, or they'd want to partner with. I never had that. I was always left out. I was always the last one. Boys were really horrible to me. Really? Really horrible to me. Like I, I, and I genuinely don't know why. Mm. Actually, I spoke to a boy that was horrible to me and he said he fancied me. But I just think it's just a very strange thing to do. Like genuinely were horrible to me. I'm a bit erratic when it comes to talking about my school life because it genuinely is a bit of a blur. But all I, all I remember is bad things. He yeah. didn't pay me to go back to school. Did you hang around with sort of the naughty kids or? I hung around the popular ones, but I wasn't actually accepted within the popular ones. Okay, so you were kind of hanging around with the popular crew, but. I wanted to fit in with you, them. Yes, okay, I'm with you. Okay, so even with the girls, like they were my friends, but they weren't my friends. Because for example, like I'd be able to sit with them in the school canteen and we'd all have a joke and a laugh or whatever. But a lot of the time I would be the joke. Yeah, okay. Like the, the joke that everyone's, you know, laughing about or whatever. Or for example, because um, this is when social media started blowing up. There was like Bebo and things like that. I'd log on to Bebo one day. And I'd see that they've all gone to a party on the weekend, but never told me about that party. Mm. And then on Monday, they'd all be discussing it. Yeah. And I would have to, I would just be sitting there sort of making out like. You almost can't hear. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I can't hear what's going on. Yeah. I've been there. I mean, I've been there as an adult. <laughs> Completely. And it's, it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible feeling because it's your friendship group, but you haven't got like really genuinely close or the real friend in there. And then everyone's talking about a time that they've been out and they've like had loads of fun the night before or planning something they're going to do even. And you just kind of sit there like you can't hear what's going on. And it's, yeah. it's kind of cringy and embarrassing. So you were at school. I think you're quite a bit younger than me. When I was at school, webcams were coming out and we used to all sort of gather around our desktop with a webcam and take a little photo on that and that was our version of social media. MSN days. Yeah exactly that MSN days but for you social media must have like been a bit more prominent so was there any sort of I don't know social media bullying and stuff that went on? I actually made my first YouTube channel when I was 13 I think I believe I was in year nine and um, doing beauty stuff like makeup and that was a massive release for me. And I was actually doing decent. I remember being accepted for monetization and my channel was growing. And were you worried? Because putting yourself. Oh my God, I was so worried. Every single day I would wake up for school and I would wonder if I was going to go into school and people would know and be laughing at me. Yeah. It was, it was a bit strange back then, especially like. It wasn't really a thing like beauty influencers or content creators. It was a bit strange to sit in front of your camera and talk to nobody and, and post it at the time, I guess. And um, yeah, people, people did find out about it. I think it was Bebo, but there was all these print screens of like my YouTube channel and they, they, all these people just like put it everywhere and were like calling me a weirdo and why is this girl talking to herself in front of, in front of the, like, in front of the camera, people were just saying really, really horrible things. Like made me out to be this complete and utter, just weirdo. Mm -hmm. I actually felt like an absolute alien. 
And I'd shut down the channel the same day because I just, it felt easier to do that than deal with whatever they had to say to me. Mm-hmm. Because I was only, I think I was only in year nine. I knew I had till year 11 to go. Yeah. I knew I didn't have the strength to, to fight for myself and to defend myself with this, even though I loved it, even though it made me feel like I had a friend and that I, I felt accepted somewhere. It just felt easier to just shut it down. But I always knew that once I left school, I'd probably return back. Is that what you did then? Did you stay off until you left school? I stayed off until I finished college. Oh. Because even though I intended to come back, I thought, I thought that to myself back then. Like, I'm, I'm going to join back after, after I finished school. But I just, I didn't. I didn't come back in that way. Me blowing up was a complete and utter accident. Were you nervous about getting back into it because you had a really negative experience a few years before that? Honestly, no. Um, I think when I, went, when I went to college, I put that all to the side. I went to college and I met new people and I found this new sense of like I accepted myself. I didn't yeah. necessarily need anybody else to accept me anymore. Um, and I didn't, when I joined back, I didn't care what anybody, what anybody thought about it because I knew that people wanted to know. I knew I was on, I'm trying to say this in the, in a non big headed way. No, I, I knew you. that my content was on, it was demanded. Mm-hmm. The comments and stuff showed me that people wanted to know how I do makeup or hair or how I put an outfit together or whatever so I knew that yeah you you guys can say whatever about it but there's hundreds of people that want something from me do you think in that sense social media almost saved you or having followers and having people who were being kind to you was the way you were able to get over the things that people had put you through or the way people had treated you or the things they'd said to you when you were in school yeah but it still affects me now until this day in what way like my how much I love myself so for example I I was bullied quite a lot for how small I am I'm really skinny I've always been very petite um and people were very horrible to me about it and not just people at school if I get changed I'll still hear school kids saying mean things to me even as an adult now I won't want to walk past a group of young people in case they comment on your yeah because it's happened so many times in my life where I've been on my own and there's a group of teenagers not so much as an adult but um when I was a teenager myself I'd walk past a group of teenagers and you know they're all, all high and mighty in their group with their friends and yeah, like it, it, people were straight up like, look how skinny she is. She looks disgusting. People shout out to me, go and eat a burger. Like they're just the most, I, I, I actually can't even repeat a lot of the worst ones because it brings me to tears every time. This is making me really sad. Oh, don't be sad. It's making me really sad because I, I hear it like. I have so been there. I was so, but more so in college, people commented so much on how skinny I was. And I was, I'm a, I'm a naturally really small girl. I like to eat. I just don't put on weight. 
And I remember once um, when I was slightly older, I must have been in uni or something, and we were outside a club and there was a guy who um, was kind of following me around all night and we were all enjoying it all, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like, oh, this guy's following me. I, I must look really nice. And then he went and joined another, like some more of his guy friends and then started shouting out about my legs and saying, oh, you think you're so nice, but your legs are so skinny anyway. Da, da, da. And I still remember that because I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And I did for years and years, and I'm a I'm a big grown woman now, so it's very different. Before, even like I'd say up till in my 20s, I was padding everything, literally leggings under my jeans, everything. So it's actually to hear particularly someone as beautiful as you talking about how people, like people's comments and people's kind of body shaming made you feel and still has an impact on how you look at yourself today is tragic. Like, I actually genuinely despise these people for how they've made me feel about myself because what was it all for? Like, what what did I even do to deserve to feel the way that I, that I do about myself? And it's taken a lot of self-care and a lot of talking to myself for me to realise that what these people had to say it it meant nothing and um a lot of them were probably going through things or maybe some of them my mom used to always say they're just jealous jade they're just jealous but i hate to think that someone would be jealous uh because i i think because i view myself in a certain way i'm like but of what what are you jealous of but maybe it's because they've made me feel this way why i don't see what they're even what they're supposedly jealous of. I think having my daughter made me be kinder to myself a little bit more because I realised that, yeah, I'm small, but, you know, my, my small little disgusting body, according to these people, brought life onto this earth and she's small herself and I don't talk bad about myself or say that I don't like my body or how small I am in front of her because I don't want her to start looking at how you know, petite, she might be and see it as a problem because it's not a problem. Everyone is different. And I don't understand if you're, if you're a bigger person or you're a smaller person, I don't understand why it's got to be picked on. It's yeah. genuinely so upsetting. Yeah, no, it is. It actually really is. And people talk about kind of body dysmorphia or body image quite a lot, but sometimes my father got really sick recently and he was only functioning on a machine. I remember thinking at that point, I was like, we are so, this sounds really kind of almost cliche and cringe, but we're so lucky to have a body that functions by itself. Like I spent 30 years of my life wishing that my ass was bigger or wishing that my belly was flatter or wishing that I had thicker thighs or do you know what I mean and actually it's like in certain moments of your life as you get older and I understand it's like almost impossible to see it when you're in it and when you're in school and you're surrounded by you know these comments and things like that but it's when you get older and you sort of go through more stuff in life and you're like why was I so bothered genuinely I've thought the same thing like I've got 
you know, my, my two legs, I've got my two arms, like every, it works. And, um, like if you, if you don't have your health, you, you don't have anything really, even after, after my daughter Ada, I developed a, um, I developed distorted eating. So she was born premature and, um, it took, a, it took the life out of me, like, cause she had to stay in hospital and, um, me and her dad was, you know, breaking up and things like that. So because I was in hospital a lot of the time with her, I didn't care about what I was eating or myself. I didn't want the hospital canteen food. So I just stopped eating. And then after when she came back, she, um, I just completely lost my appetite altogether. So I just, I stopped eating and I became really, really ill and, um, online people like started to catch on to the fact that I was ill and I was ill to the point where my eyesight was like blurry like I'd get up and I would want to like faint um I I didn't remember anything my my even everything was like delayed like someone would speak to me and I'd realized that they were speaking to me like a couple minutes later like what did you say like I just wasn't I wasn't right and then more online bullying came do you know what my whole life I've actually been bullied my whole life school online I have actually just taken so much shit but one thing I will say is nobody has been as horrible as what I've been to myself. I have been so horrible to myself as a result of what these people have said to me. I have self-harmed. I have um, been suicidal. I... I'm getting a bit sad. And so am I. God, I did not expect this conversation to go there. Was that like during teenage years or that was during upper school yeah and, you know, you're 10 and you... did anyone ever catch on to that did anyone ever realize yeah one of my friends um that was sat next to me I think it was in like a science lesson or something she like she grabbed my wrist for something not hard but um I obviously had cut there I would mainly cut on my legs though because that's why I hated the most on my body um still do but um, yeah, she grabbed my wrist and it, and it hurt because I, I cut that morning. I don't, I've never spoken about this, you know. I've never said that I've self-harmed. Um, but yeah, um, so she grabbed my wrist and I was like, and she was like, are you okay? And then she, she, she basically saw, and then she told the rest of the group sort of thing. No one really said any much to me because I don't think they really know what to do. I think they thought that it was, um, an attention thing and maybe it was a cry for help maybe it was like I want like I need help <laughs> but I don't I do I need help if you wanted people to know that you weren't okay I or maybe people to know I took it I, I I hid it for a long time but that moment I don't I didn't care to hide it I was just like yeah like I don't I didn't care do you think you thought that if they knew how how hurt you were, they might have been nicer to you? I don't think that was in my thoughts. It, 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 it does make sense thinking that way, but 
but I think I just wanted to hurt myself. I think I just felt like I deserved to be hurt. Um, I ended up getting a school counsellor in the end. And uh, at this time I was suicidal as well. But she said to me, like, during the, at the start of the meeting, every single time I'd see her, she'd be like, um, she'd say to me that, you know, it's confidential. She won't tell anybody unless she thinks that my life is in danger. So I never said to her that I was suicidal because I knew that if I told her, she'd tell my family or I would have to go somewhere to get help or something like that. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to. Um, so that, that is a kind of, that's one thing with school. And I, do you know, I, I understand why they need to tell your family or whatever, but I can't explain to you how much it makes the person shut up about what they're actually feeling. Because maybe if I would have, could have been more honest, maybe I could have got help a bit earlier, but I couldn't because I did not want my family to know. Yeah. I've, um, I used to be a teacher and I have had so many times when students who I've got a really good relationship with have wanted to come and tell me something and I had to say at the start of the conversation they were like miss I'm gonna tell you something but you've got to promise not to tell anyone and I'd have to say I promise I won't tell anyone but if it's something where you're going to be in danger I am gonna to have to tell someone yeah um and it's a, almost it's a really difficult situation to be in because you you want to know because you want to help the kids and make sure that they're all right but yeah. equally if god forbid something goes wrong and you're the one who hadn't raised it and informed yeah. the family that's on your head absolutely it's a really you're absolutely right because equally when i was at school and i <laughs> like i would be terrified of my parents finding out of some some of the things that i was getting up to but but I don't know. I don't know what the answer is or what the, what the solution Same. is. I don't know what the solution is to that, yeah. genuinely, because, because I see both sides. I do see both sides. Were there any, so while you weren't having the best of times, I don't know how to put it, so while, you know, it wasn't enjoyable for you in the social aspect, were, was there any teacher who like made the experience a bit more bearable someone you could speak to someone you enjoyed going to their nest just any sort of positive experience yeah. there I think honestly another reason why I didn't like school is because I felt like what I was good at wasn't appreciated I know that you have to be good at maths and English and things like that but because I wasn't the best at those things and I was better in other things I I guess I was not very smart um, and they made me feel that way. I genuinely felt fucking dumb. I honestly hated going to lessons um, I'd fall asleep a lot in my English lessons and not because I didn't want to be there. I mean, I definitely didn't, but like I'd fall asleep because of things that I was going for at home, not being able to like have a good night's sleep or whatever. And the teacher never once said to me, like, Jerry, do you keep falling asleep in lessons? Like, is there something going on? It, um, but no, there was never really a teacher or, or someone that I felt like I could go to or, like, or that would make my day better. I don't know. Yeah. I just never hate to leave. If you had 
I don't know if you had one, just one person, one adult who would have just asked you and said, is everything all right? It could have made probably the world a difference. That's such a, it's such a shame. Shit happens. <laughs> I just hope that people do, people, I hope there's more teachers like that now that can recognize these, these things. Yeah. I think in the school that I taught at, for example, I know there were lots of teachers like that because we worked in an area where kids came from really difficult, challenging backgrounds. So you couldn't be in a school like that and kind of not make sure the kids sort of pastorally were okay before you started thinking of them academically. It was a big part of the school ethos. And that's why I loved working there because it was about looking after the children. And I get how difficult that can be when you've got 32 kids in a class and you, you're trying to teach all of them, keep them, make sure they're behaving. Then maybe, you know, it is difficult to pull out that one child and keep an eye on each child and make sure everyone's okay. But I equally know there are lots of schools right now where it is just very, these are the rules. And if you're not following the rules, the kids aren't robots. And I think people don't always realize that kids aren't robots. They come in with their own baggage and their own stories and their own context. And yeah, what year did you teach? I taught year seven to year 13. So GCSE and A-level. That would scare me, you know. It is scary. Very scary. Children, I always say, like, when I joined TV and I remember the first time I was filming, they were like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? It's like, I used to stand in front of 100 teenagers per day. Like, you can't, you can't scare me. (laughs) But in a way, I feel like teenagers can be brutal. And they, they will say there is no, there is no filter. They can embarrass you. They can say anything they want to say. I, what I love is there is, as an adult, not when you're at school, but as an adult, I think there's something really refreshing about being around people who just tell you exactly how it is. If they don't like you, they say don't, they don't like you. If they love you, they get you a best teacher mug. And when, as you get older, adults are actually a lot more difficult because there's like all these mind games and you need to try and figure people out and who's who actually likes you, who's being fake to you, who's, there's none of, there's none of that. When I was in school, there was none of that. I'm around 15 year olds who you don't have to try and figure them out. It's very evident and clear for you to see how they feel and what they're thinking. You know where you stand. And there is something really beautiful about that. I've never looked at it like that. I don't know. Maybe you're just better with adults than I am. I struggle with adults. (laughs) When you look back at yourself in school, what do you wish you could tell yourself? I wish I could tell myself that you won't feel this way forever. Like this is, this is very temporary. As I said, I was suicidal. And if I would have done that to myself, I wouldn't know about the opportunities I'd have now. I could have taken that opportunity away from myself. And um, so just knowing that, feelings are very you know temporary and um you honestly won't give a fuck about what any of these people have got to say that any of these people could walk up to me right now and say all of those things and I wouldn't give a shit one thing about me the most interesting thing about me is not my looks it's not my body it's not my face it's not what anybody thinks of me Take any of that away, all the followers away. 
the, I'm actually very happy with the human that I am. Now, I feel like a lot of it has strengthened me a lot, though. Now, I'm very self-aware. I'm, I'm kind to myself. I'm patient with myself, which means that I'm patient with other people. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that all the things that you went through have made you not only stronger, but just a better person, a kinder person. Yeah, definitely. I'm very understanding. I'm very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. I love bettering myself. I love being the person that I imagined myself to be. And a lot of people look at me and look to me for advice. And, you know, where, how did you, how did you get here or whatever? I have a lot of imposter syndrome. Sometimes I don't feel deserving sometimes not because of like I've done something but it, it doesn't feel real sometimes the opportunities that I get given and I think a lot of people have have a lot of anxiety and a lot of imposter syndrome and it makes you it makes you not come out of your comfort zone I'm trying to work on it I'm trying to see myself as like this amazing queen it's really hard it, it is really hard I massively massively relate to everything you're saying and I massively suffer from imposter syndrome and I constantly go into rooms where I feel like again I don't I don't know if it's feeling like I don't deserve to be them I don't know if I'm good enough to be there and I have to constantly have words with myself thinking there is no reason why you shouldn't be in this room or no like reason. or don't forget where you have come from and where you are like I am constantly having those talks with myself because I yeah. constantly feel I don't know if it's a just a class thing so I go into places where sometimes because I'm from a, a very I'm from a working class background and I a lot of the conversations that people have in places that I go to I don't really know what they're talking about oh babe when I went to a posh restaurant looking at the menu I was like what the hell is all of this like I don't understand any of this like give me some fucking chicken and chips like what the hell is this so I feel like give me some fucking chicken and chips like 90% of the time when I'm at work or doing any of the super glamorous stuff you tell me this, what is the biggest lesson you learned from school? I, I will say that I'm not happy that I was made to feel like I was stupid for not being good at, you know, maths and English and all of those things because every single person is different and good at different things. And the more I grow up, the more I realise that they've put this one curriculum for so many people. And if you're not good at what they want you to be good at, you're just dumb. Yeah. And that's just getting worse and worse. So there's making, there are more and more cuts to creative subjects and there is more and more emphasis on passing maths and English and the exams for those are becoming harder and harder. That shocks me, you know. Yeah. And it's all, it's all actually a big fat mess is my opinion. It's a big fat mess. And there are so many kids who are being let down, kids who are so talented in other areas, kids who can do so well. And the journey just kind of ends for them because they feel like they, they're made to feel like they are dumb because they can't memorize 115 Shakespearean quotations, mm. which doesn't even, what's that even testing? I feel like they set you up to work for other people mm -hmm. 
not necessarily to work for yourself. I never considered that I'd be working for myself ever. Well, I think that that made for an excellent conversation. I actually, you know, you were so honest. And I think for a lot of people, and I think for a lot of young girls who are going to listen to this, to have someone like you talk as honestly, candidly, openly about not loving school, not being top girl in Mean Girls, Regina George coming down the corridor and not always like, you know, feeling like the beautiful girl that you are and about self-harming. And I mean, there's so much stuff that you have hit on that I think a lot of people need to hear and it's going to make a really massive difference. And I genuinely mean that. Thank you so much for listening to the Hidden Lessons podcast this week. If you were affected by any of the issues raised in today's discussion, there are organisations such as Young Minds and the National Bullying Helpline that you can get in touch with. And remember, the best thing to do is to talk to someone. You can follow Jade at Jade Pierce on Instagram, and you can also find me at Queen Marie. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating or a review, and better yet, tell a friend about it. My new book, also called Hidden Lessons, is out now. It's all about my time as a teacher, the incredible people I met, and the unforgettable life lessons I learned along the way. 